Greetings, readers. This is the Recap Book Chat. We are thrilled that you're with us because reading illuminates your life like a star. As J.R.R. Tolkien said, little by little, one travels far. And welcome to the Recap Book Chat. We are so glad that you're here. We have, we're about to review a recap, um, a book that ranked in the top 10 greatest books of all time um, by Time Magazine in a survey that was done of famous writers. So this is one that has is ranked top 10 greatest books of all time. Whoa. And it is, Impressive. drum roll. Yeah. <laughs> Anna Karina by Leo Tolstoy. My first Russian novel that I ever read. Yes. And I know we we already um, recapped Crime and Punishment, which is also a Russian novel, but we had actually read this one before we'd read that one. We just haven't had a chance to recap it yet. So, but we are doing that today. And so this is, this book was written... Written in 1873 to 1877. Okay. And it Published is... Published in 1878, 1878, so... And we don't know how to pronounce the translators, but, but I think we mentioned that in Crime and Punishment. We think it's really important, the translators that you get. And this is a married couple, Richard and Larissa, and we... Uh, I, I'm not going to. Well, his to name is Peaver. His name would be Peaver. P E V E A R. And if you get him, then you'll you'll be okay. But um, this was the. Uh, I think if you're wanting to challenge yourself and uh, go out there and and this was Teddy Roosevelt's one of his favorite books. And the reason that I got uh, Sis, aka Kate, a copy of this was because I heard a. Uh, podcast by mike what's his name Roe, Roe, Roe. yeah yeah he did a podcast and he's telling the story of a young um uh, teddy roosevelt and he doesn't tell you of course that it's teddy roosevelt but he's having to someone stole his boat and he goes after them and he finds them so he's bringing back prisoners and it's it's freezing weather below freezing weather and he can't sleep if he sleeps they'll get away and he's having to walk them back I don't know how much it took forever but this was the book that he was reading at night to keep him awake and I thought well if Teddy Roosevelt if that could help him forget about freezing temperatures and all that I said maybe we need to read Anna Karenna you know I think it would be fun to research Teddy Roosevelt's book list because I think he was an I mean we did read Wind of the Willows which yeah was on his list but I think it'd be fun to do that at some point well, this and book I will is try amazing. To re- it's amazing because in, in it, and, and I will read the very first, uh, you made me realize that um, maybe we should pay attention to the first line because sometimes I, I do tend to, but my, my new word is centimeter by centimeter. So let's look at that first line of Anna Karenna. All, fa- all happy families are alike. Each unhappy family is unhappy in its own way. Yes. If that doesn't suck the reader in. I mean, first of all, I was saying to myself, negative thoughts, which uh, Dr. Caroline Leaf in her book, uh, all her books say, do not think negative thoughts. God says that too. Think on these things. But when I 
I, when I saw how big it was, I said, I just don't know if I could read it, <laughs> you know, but then I opened it up and I read that first line and I went, whoa, and it just sucked me right in. I mean, great first line. And I really, I like Tolstoy. I like the way he writes. Um, how would you describe his writing? I would describe it as, I mean, he's very descriptive, but, it, but he's not overly descriptive. Um, but he's very, he catches your attention. I mean, he has your attention the whole time. Like, I don't know. What would you say? He's. Well, he's, uh, I would say maybe smoother than Dostoevsky. His little, you know, he was in a wealthier class, probably. That's Uh, right. He wasn't, but listen, did you know this? So he was, Tolstoy was an aristocrat. And so he had money and everything, but he was orphaned at the age of nine. Wow. So he actually grew up with relatives and stuff like that. So, I mean, he had it, but he was also, he went into the military and I think he won some awards for like bravery under fire and stuff like that. So he lived in it. Um, even, you know, even though he was an aristocrat, he did see, he, he, he wasn't in a bubble, I should say. So, so I, I mean, he, he, there's so many quotes you can pull um, out of it. It's just, and, and just some things that are, I thought this was ironic, especially for our time of this, that everybody's, you know, all this. Well, on one page in the book, it there's a doctor and the doctor explained that illness came from fatigue and worry and he prescribed inner peace. Mm-hmm. And this was in the 1800s. Yes. Some things never changed. So I'm thinking we went back. We went. So what are we prescribing? Pills, 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 pills and bills, pills and bills. <laughs> no, no, no doctor will prescribe inner peace. But although Dr. Ben in Lubbock, that's what he says. There's a peace pillar. Yes. And we forget that, how important that really is. It really affects everything else. And Dr. Leaf mentions that too, that thoughts are not just something. They're not, they are something. They're not nothing. I should say they, yes, your thoughts they every, are, every thought affects every cell. Every negative thought affects every cell in your body. So mm-hmm. they're powerful. Yes. Yeah. And so I anyway, to, this is another quote. It showed him the eternal error of people make the eternal error people make in imagining that happiness is the realization of desires. Ooh. I mean, that's Tolstoy, man. Say that again. Read that again. It it showed him the eternal error people make in imagining that happiness is the realization of desires. Ooh, who is he talking about in that passage? Vronsky. Vronsky. Okay, so Vronsky is the lover, which yeah. you could go uh, through the characters. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's it's really interesting how Tolstoy does it. Um, it's and I think the overarching theme is kind of that those people who are ruled by um, passions are going to be destroyed and those who rule their passions are the ones that create something good. I think that's his overarching theme. And, mm-hmm. But he shows it in an interesting way. You have these two storylines running at the same time, but of two different people. And he's kind of showing the opposite, you know, kind of, it's almost like what would happen if, you know, this is one this is one path and this is the other and and how their lives end up and it's Anna kind Anna Karina 
is the main character is the, and then the other main character is Levin. And so he's showing and they they both have similar things but they respond in different ways and their lives end up differently because of that. So um, so way but, before people, you know, like today they say people don't have a good attention. So TV has to have a TV show has to have like three stories going on at once and all that. Well, Tolstoy was ahead of his time <laughs> because he has different stories going on at the same time. And you're going, you go to Anna and you see the what's going on here and then you go to Levin. And then, so he was doing that. Maybe that's why you feel engaged the whole time. Like it's, it seems, it, it's a very long book. But it doesn't seem that long. I mean, there's always something going on. It's it was, but it was such a confidence builder for me. Like I never thought I would read Tolstoy, and and you were the one that was like, "Let's do this." And then I was like, "Okay." And I, but anyway, when I I just remember when we finished it, I was so I felt like my confidence as a reader had just gone up like so much. I'm like, this is that was my Mount Everest of a. Uh, you know, literature, because I'm just like, this is a Russian novel, and we, we read it, so. Yeah, that was when I did the fist pump, and go, yes, we yeah. done, we did it, you know, I, yeah, you surprise yourself. And this, and this one, and that's why I really like this book, even though it's not, it, you know, I don't know how you would describe it, it's not like, I mean, there, there's tragedies that happen within the book, obviously, but it's, for, for me, it didn't land on me as a tragedy, because you have two storylines, you know, like there yeah. might be tragedy in one storyline, but the other one's not. So it's like, I thought he did uh, well balancing it. Yeah. Like walking a tightrope. He did great. Kudos to him for, you know, cause you, you don't want a, it, a book to be totally of tragedy. You know, you yeah. want that, but you do want to see a, your heroine or a hero, whatever, go come out of that, you know? So you yes. got to see that, you know? And, and you also want to see a transformation. You want to see that. Yes. And you, and really, I mean, Levin, you, I loved Levin and I really liked seeing his story. Anna is, it was good to trouble. see her story She's troubled. And, and, and hear her thoughts and stuff, but it, it does feel very troubling when you're on, but you, you, you know, he, but Leo, like you said, he is showing you, uh, you know, stories stick and facts fade. You know, like you tell your kids not to do something that might not even work. But if you show them, that's what he's doing. He's showing us. So on one quote from Levin, he only wanted to be better than he had been before. Hey, that's good. In fact, Gretchen Rubin has a book out and it's called Better Than Before. And she probably (laughs) got it from Tolstoy. She probably stole it. Uh. And he and he said, and, and then down there, I circled not to neglect the present so much. Levin and I would go I just love this guy yeah and and he does the 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 similar theme between him and Anna was about individuality like individualism and different stuff like that and she gets to a point where she's but it's it's funny because you can have the same theme um but your mindset really uh determines how you react to things and so when she's exerting her individuality um you know, it, it becomes an affair, it becomes all these other things, and, and he really learns how to be, and still be an individual, but in a context where, where he can be a couple, too, because he, because mm-hmm. that was, because he was, he's a 30-year-old bachelor, um, 
you know, and, and I think that the love interest for him is 18 years old, I think. So it's, but he's kind of going about it the right way. Yes. To me, he's but you see the, it. there comes that deferring gratification again, that theme com- keeps coming up all the time. So yes, definitely you can't. And that's why I started out with that happiness quote, because when you, when Anna gets what she desired, there was no happiness. No. And that's what, if, if you feed on that, which I, I hear so many people say, I just want my kids to be happy. No, 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 no. That should not be our focus. You know, um, but that's kind of what America sells you, you know. Oh, yeah. If you get what so you much. want, you'll be happy. I think Did that you... America sells is that the other things and other people, other, 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 other will make you happy. When True. I think Gretchen Rubin does a good job in, in her books is like, you're responsible for your own happiness and not that you, not that you should, you know, don't be one of those people who are doom and gloom and, and almost take the opposite approach where it's like nothing. Yeah. My, my life's not supposed to be happy. That's not good either. It's like, I think there's um, where you're in charge of your own happiness, you know, no one else is going to make Didn't Levin, didn't Levin have a brother that made unwise choices? Yes. Yeah. Because he's in here, he's talking and he says, maybe it's because I rejoice over what I have and don't grieve over what I don't have. Mm-hmm. And isn't that so positive? You know, yes, that's that's what would he was just a more positive person. But and I'm thinking like Anna had she could have been she had a son. Yes, she had, you know, but if you focus on what you don't have, it makes you miserable. Yes, it does. And I mean, they did have, they did have marital, her husband and her had marital problems, obviously, but, um, but yeah, mindset plays a big role in that too. Like, as far as what do you do with that? If you're not present, you're going to have marital problems. (laughs) So, and I didn't know this until at the end when I was researching this stuff, which we obviously were drawn to Levin. You know, we like his storyline. We like his mindset. Well, the interesting thing is that that is Tolstoy. Like he is writing kind of about himself in Levin. A lot of things that happened to Levin are what ha- like he married late in life after having had a wild, um, you know, whatever in his 20s and everything. He married in his later 30s to a younger oh. girl, just like Kitty. So in, in a lot of his um, his thoughts that Levin is going through and maturing and things like he's trying to work through, like Christianity and stuff like that, Leo also went through that, that same. So he mimics a lot of his life in Levin. And I think that's why it feels so real and so authentic well, he did, because it was. But he did great writing from a woman's perspective for Anna Karina. He did. He really did. And I think he was, he was for women's rights. So I think he was, that was a, a big shift of the time. So I think in Anna, he kind of shows, because, I mean, that's the difference too. Levin is a man. And so he, he had more independence for sure at that time than women did, you know, like Anna, I mean, so Levin, he didn't have to be married to be, self self-sufficient really at the time and she kind of did um for women at that point and you know so i mm-hmm. think he's trying to show that side of things too 
and then her husband in all fairness to uh anna corinna what was his name alexi he was kind of stoic yes and this was a quote from him uh it says he did not understand it because it was too dreadful for him to recognize his real position and in his soul he closed locked and sealed the drawer in which he kept his feelings for his family that is his wife and son i thought that was a great metaphor that is a great metaphor and that fits him it really does yeah. and then it, it on it talks about he had invented things for himself to do that year i was like okay you're inventing stuff <laughs> and it says that and then down below it it says that is one way of not opening the drawer so he's got this family and he locks them away his feelings and everything in this drawer and then he invents stuff to do so i don't have to open the drawer hey people still do that oh yeah like focus on work instead of yeah. putting into your family and stuff like that for sure and i think the symbolism and i'm sure like we didn't catch all of it at all because it's just i i really think you probably have to read it again to get everything oh but yeah i know they're there's a we lot were of babies. symbolism too. We were Russian. We were babies in the Russian novel <laughs> department. So, I I do know that the horse. So Vronsky is the lover of Anna Karenina. Um, he's a soldier and he's this um a horseman, and he does races and stuff. And one of the and one of the, this horse oh, that's like that was terrible. Yeah. So, but it the horse is kind of um used for. Uh, Vronsky uses it um, and literally abuses it too and that's kind of symbolic of Anna mm-hmm. so so that relationship so yes there's things yeah, like okay. that all throughout the book like farming because Levin is you know and they're talking about politics in there yes and uh, what but this is this was a simile I found for honesty when someone finally told the truth it said um he felt like a man who has had a long aching tooth pulled out. I said, oh, isn't that good? That's that such good. a good simile. That's powerful to explain how when you have this lie and you keep this lie and you keep it and you keep it and you finally tell the truth, then the pain is gone. And I thought just, I mean, he's genius in the way that he weaves all of that, uh, you know. And then I'm wondering if he's not just a little bit like Shakespeare because there's some, I think I wrote down, uh something i thought i said did Tolstoy? oh old as the hills i've heard that forever yes and i and i saw that in this book i'm like hmm there was something else and i can't remember it now but we yeah we i remember we talked about that there was there's quite a few things that we're like i did i thought that was a newer saying yeah because i'm thinking where did that come from i mean he so i think he might have started some of them just like shakespeare did yeah and he and he um he says it's who was foido door do or how that do you was the horse that one? okay wasn't it and suddenly the same as it's it's bad to live for the belly and that one should live for truth for god so they're talking about don't live for physical stuff live for truth and god that's good. To live not for one's own needs, but for God. And on this one page uh, at the end, he, they're talking about that, which uh, that's, this is Levin has made such strides in, in maturity and, you know, because his journey is up and down too. Yes. 
but it seems like his is kind of up and down and Anna's is down. <laughs> oh, yeah, so. that's right. If you were drawing a picture. Yes. Yeah. But this one, there's a point. Yeah, again, I mentioned that movie, Secretariat, because there's a point when everybody has told her, no, she can't get money to raise him. And she's really wanting Secretariat to raise. And she looks out the window and Eddie, the groom, is is playing a music playing music and washing secretariat and he's just loving it and he's just lost in that well here it says uh levin striding along the dusty road noticing neither heat nor fatigue and experiencing a feeling of relief after long suffering so he's a hundred percent focused and that's what he wanted to be all along instead of you know i noticed you can you can do more when you are lost in the I always say lost in the magic of reading, but lost in the moment of your work, your toil can be a good thing. Yeah. What do they call They call that like flow, right? Yes, that's, they do. Yeah. That's when you're in flow. And so it's kind of when you're doing what in, you're meant to do. Yeah. And when you get in that time goes by so fast. I mean, you know, and, and then, then I think your whole uh, stress that you're feeling and all that just goes away. So that could yes. be reading for a lot of people. If more people read, in fact, we had this wonderful school secretary, uh, Patsy, and she gave me, oh, I wish I had that. I'll try to take a picture of it. I'll find it. But she gave me a clipping and it said that people who read have less stress. Really? And I thought, how cool is that? Now they had a book stack there. <laughs> she said, I thought of you when I saw this. I said, oh, thank you, Patsy. I love it. I want to say 65% less stress or something like that. It was, it was pretty good. Why is that? Well, because I think you're in a, you are, first of all, you're going to learn from other people's mistakes. We don't have to make all mistakes, you know, learn from Anna's and Levin, you know, learn from those mistakes. And then there's tons of studies that said reading builds empathy. And if you have empathy, you are just uh, more at peace because you think of others and you're not dwelling on yourself. As the Bible says, fret not yourself, get over yourself. And what does society say? Fret yourself, take care of yourself. You deserve it, (laughs) you know, like that. Well, those people, you know, you deserve it, you deserve it. What are you doing for other people? Because therein lies the true happiness. Like Eddie the groom, he was washing secretary. That was joy. He had joy. (laughs) I'm just amazed that, you know, and Tolstoy had this figured out in uh, how many years ago? Do the math. <laughs> I mean, time. I am super impressed. Like, I don't think, because again, this was our first time reading Russian literature and, and it, you know, from the 1800s. And I was, I was so kind of taken aback that how applicable a lot of things still are and how um, the way he wrote it is, it, it it really still fits the times. Some things never change, you know? So, and you're right when he, I, I didn't, uh, I mean, I actually forgot that a man wrote part of it because this was a quote. Why do women want equal rights when men want to avoid their rights? I mean, that sounds like a woman wrote that. Yes. That was in but the, he, I mean, he, was, was yeah, that, that was Tolstoy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I t- kept telling you, I said, man, how did he get inside a woman's head? <laughs> but 
maybe it was I don't know who who wrote who raised him it was relatives but maybe they they did a good job of seeing that or maybe he was just a very observant kid or something but yeah that I mean for that like don't you think for a man to to understand a woman at that day and age is just like mind-blowing and then on this one it says what makes me so glad what have I discovered and I said well I mean that's a that's a questioner. We, we need to talk to ourselves. We need to reflect on what does make you glad. You know, what, what do you discover? And um, that was Levin. I thought Levin was more curious than Anna. And he, he, he noticed he was more outside of himself than she was. Ooh, you know, that is a great point. And you were so right. She was very much inside. And he was, and, and I think you just said a key word there curiosity I think that is so important and I've heard that numerous times through different people like when you are having a struggle or when you are upset or in a, in a relational difficulty or a work related or anything like that the best thing we can do is kind of be curious and then instead of reacting like why do I feel this way and you know almost that that outside of yourself asking mm-hmm. questions and it helps you get a better perspective well, I mean, on one point, he said, uh, what did it mean? It meant that his life was good, but his thinking was bad. And you can think about that. There was a lot of characters in this book, but uh, Levin's, his life was good. And then parts his thinking was bad, but uh, then he got a handle on it. But in life, we think about this. It's not your, you can't control what comes at you like you have a flat tire or what whatnot, but you can control your reaction to it. Yes. So your thinking you can control. That's so true. And I think that's and Tolstoy just I mean he pounded that into the whole book, you know. And in one part in there there was a quote I just wrote this down, burn my boats. Does that make you think of burn my bridges, which con- connects with the engineer's wife? I'm like, yes. So the more you read, the more connections you can make. Um, and I will say, because you mentioned there was a lot of characters, but one of the great things that we really both liked about this book, in particular, this this translation, is that they list out the principal characters at the very beginning and give you a descriptor mod, a description of each one. So you kind of know who the main characters are going into it. But something we didn't realize until later on, if you'll remember, this the very back has a ton of um, references notes. and notes, notes about like mm-hmm. things that were happening at the time. There's there's references all through there, and so and we don't get the references because we weren't around. That helped a lot to get a, a better understanding of the the climate, uh, the social climate of that time, and different things like that. You want to embark on something? It, it would be a good wintertime read too. Yeah. Longer than Crime and Punishment. Why does it say it says um, Anna Karina, a novel in eight parts? Did you catch that? Yeah, I did catch that. So I, I think that's interesting. I wonder if that's just he was how he wrote it, or I'm not sure why it's it, that was in the title, Anna Karina, a novel in eight parts. So. Well, that's fun, funny. One of my quotes had something that we talked about that what is the opposite of love? And most people would say hate, hate. But listen to this quote on page 189. Yeah, I think Baronsky's talking. He said, 
she, the real Anna, withdrew somewhere into herself, and another woman stepped forward, strange and alien to him, whom he did not love but feared. Mm. So then we find out the per the you know perfect love casts out fear. So really, the opposite of love is fear. That's good. And I hadn't caught that this connection until we just talk about you know I mean you, this one definitely could be reread. Oh yeah, for sure. And probably a lot gleaned from it. But I've heard so many people say, "Oh, I don't reread books." It, and, you know what's uh, interesting too is that I was I was looking at my bookshelf the other day because. Oh, all of our book stack, I'm, I moved to the the bookshelf in my living room. Because that's kind of like, if someone comes over and wants to borrow a book or whatever, those are just like, you know, those, so those are the ones I've usually read. The ones in my room are ones I haven't read. And so it's funny because I'm looking at them and I'm like, it's almost like those, it's almost like acquaintances. You know, I don't have a good relationship with any of these books. It's just like, <laughs> so I, my feeling towards them, I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I don't really, your cover looks nice, but I don't know, you know, I don't know who yeah. you are. But it's funny because yeah. when I look at the, the books, my books in the living room, like when I went and got Anna Corinna today, I'm like, it's like a friend. I'm like, I know all about you. <laughs> so that is it's like, we, it, it's, I think I posted that on Facebook that reading, rereading a book is like going home or something, you know, a good, a, 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 if Wait, it's say a good that again. Book, of course. If you reread a book, it's like going home. And that was another thing he said on page 93. Tolstoy said, there's no place like home. Yes. So I tried to say, well, you know, uh, Wizard of Oz was written in 1900. I'm thinking, Frank, Frank L. Baum, did you copy this from <laughs> Because I'm really like, I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? Did he, did, did, you know, so. Hey, you never know. You never know. Frankie but you know, baby. it's called I plagiarism. Think... <laughs> <laughs> but if you do it from a dead guy, I guess you can get away with it. Yeah. No penalty. Because that's I mean... like the major thing from Wizard of Oz. There's no place like home. Yeah. I think that's another reason why I gravitated towards Levin and connected with him is because he, he did like being at home and I like being at home. So, yeah, that's the hobbit in all of us. We like being yes. at home. Uh, and one part of this, of course, and Levin is pretty political. And he says in one part, people trying to fake like they understand something. And I said to myself, this has been going on a long time. They're faking that they understand something when they really don't. Yes. And a lot of the, he mentions, he throws in some food things. And one of them I thought was a little strange. Um, prune soup. I, I said, is that really a thing? Because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> My mom was really big on prunes. On that. If, it, if it was a thing, I'm just kind of thankful she didn't read Tolstoy because I might have been growing up with prunes. <laughs> she hey, loved prunes. You, your bowels would have been cleaned out pretty good. So. Yeah. But I'm like, man, is that a thing? I don't know. And, and then on one point, he said, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, I just had one last thing. It says spring is a time for plans and projects. And I said, that's now that's what people do in spring plans and projects i thought it some things always you know things change but they stay the same it must be yeah there's an innate sense of kind of that regrowth and birth and all that in the spring yeah go ahead what i, I you will say, say when you mentioned the polit there's some political stuff levin gets into 
I will say that was the slowest part for me. And a lot of that did go over my head because, you know, it, it is hard to understand the political climate of, a, you know, how years ago it was. So, and, and the notes helped me get a grasp of kind of it, but I will say that was probably the, the most to read through was, um, he goes to like a political convention thing and there's, yeah, when they're talking all about that, I'm like, eh, I'm not really grasping some of this, but. Well, I'll be honest. That's the part that I skimmed and I'm just yeah. waiting for him to meet. And, and so some part, and that's okay. You can read fast. You can read slow, yeah. but I'm all about the relationship. I said, is he going to get with Kitty? Is he, is she going to do this? Is it, you know, so yeah, he, he it, but for Tolstoy, that was important at his time to, uh, the pol the political part of that you could tell yeah a lot so, of cool words a lot of cool words in this book but one that is fun to say is camera junker which is a noun and it is the young nobleman who takes uh, who has the task of serving the prince camera junker. junker that is yeah. fun to say yeah you're you're so good about pulling out the words and and writing them down and I think I'm not because a lot of times I read in bed. So I'm like, I don't want to get up. I'm just, reading. Oh yeah. So, but you're so good at that. Well, sometimes I, you know, if, when I'm reading in bed, I don't do it, but if I'm in the sauna or something like that, and I, if I'm just reading, I have to do it. I, yeah. I have to check it out well, I'm because I'm like, Oh, what does that mean? What does that mean? So overall, how did you feel when you finished Anna Karina? Well, as you've described it, it was a, a an epic moment for me. I was really excited. It would be like, compare it to climbing Mount Everest for a book reader, I would think. And think so. you've got to put that bookmark down on the top of the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, all right. I think I, I definitely felt the same way. I felt very accomplished when I finished it. Um, and then I also felt, um, he wraps it up nicely um where it ends on a good note so i i appreciated that too so i felt i didn't have any you know sometimes you want the story to continue on and but I, be sure to read the epilogue because all a lot of my questions at the very end i guess i was but you, the the epilogue really he he really wraps it up nicely in the epilogue so it's a long epilogue yeah but i'm like why why wasn't this just another chapter yeah <laughs> but and 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 i could we couldn't remember where it was but there was one point in here it acts like she it's mentioned something and i thought she was going to have a baby you remember and i yes. called and talked to you and you said don't no, reread that so sometimes you just need to reread it because i was like all excited i said oh my goodness she's gonna have another baby but i thought well why was i excited because she really wasn't a mother that was present yeah although she does end up later on but uh, yeah that part she wasn't at that part and this is for for someone like you and your your um season of life it says and i felt it once i got married i suddenly had my hands free but dragging this and there's another word fardo which is called burden around without marriage that will make your hands so full that you won't be able to do anything mm. And then it goes on to say they're, they ruined their careers on account of women. Uh, <laughs> goes on there. So 
it, yeah, I don't know why. Maybe somebody can tell us why it's uh, in eight parts. So I'm sure that we missed something. But, you, well, uh, you mentioned you said it might be symbolic or something. So it might be. I'm not sure. But you know, like beginnings are hard, and then and we didn't mention her brother. Yes, Stefan. He's or whatever. Good brother, not so good husband. <laughs> yeah, he, he. Yeah, that's true. Well put. Well put. And uh, I don't know. It, it in one part it says that Vronsky trusted in his rules and habits, but no more. And then it talks about Levin. He has a relationship with God. Yes. So it's kind of, I mean, there's so many stories going on on so many different levels that, you know, you kind of can just plug into the story that you, you, what, what are you more interested in? Because, mm-hmm. and then the icing on the cake, I think is Tolstoy's gift that he has in just saying the uh, very, common things like one point one this is another thing i wrote down he's such a sweet intelligent fellow he'll pull a tooth of yours before you notice it (laughs) i mean it makes me smile you know so he he's very talented and um i'm telling you you know that's that is a gift to be able to and i think it's like comedians they they usually tell us things we already know but it's it's the pulling it out you know it's things that happen in everyday life but it's the bringing awareness to it that makes it funny, even though we're yes. all we all know on some level, but just this awareness. And I think that's what he's that Tolstoy's good at is bringing that awareness of what we kind of already know, but bringing it to our conscious, you know? Yeah. So. And very gifted. And so, you know, I think if you don't want to read this one, read War and Peace. But I would think this one's a little bit easier than War and Peace. I, what about I you? Agree. I think this I I think we did it right accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to, no, this no, one. no. Thanks to Teddy. You can thank Teddy for that. Yes. We read this one first and then we read War and Peace. And uh, this, this is definitely, it, it, it helps get you, your workout in for War and Peace. You, you build up some muscles reading this. So you but can tackle But it's funny in some, some older movies, Jimmy Stewart, I remember, war and peace in this one and everything I'm, and it's funny because when we read these big big books then I kind of hide it I don't want people to know I'm reading it and you're like I'm proud I, I hold it up to yeah. <laughs> just a difference in, uh, but you know you you don't have my back trouble I'm thinking these can throw your back out if you're reading both of these at the same time I know I remember you telling me that because when you go to an appointment or something you're like I, you, you couldn't take it with you because it was so massive but I I do a lot of my reading in the line at school waiting to pick up the kids. So I'm like, yeah, I'm like proud of it. Get it up there. <laughs> and I'm proud that you finished because really uh, War and Peace could have lasted till they graduated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you just read it in the line. So it took I, some months. I don't remember exactly how long it took us to read it, but it was, a, it was, we had it for a while. Yeah. But that goes you with were, your word, centimeter, you know, it's just centimeter, centimeter by, by centimeter. centimeter. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, some people say, well, if I can't read a whole chapter, then I'm not. But right now we're reading um, Dr. Shivago and I just sometimes I read two pages and that's it. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I thought since my word is centimeter by centimeter, I said, well, re- even if you read a sentence, read something. Yes. So, and I'm doing and I think it. that's and, such uh, a good uh, word that we just need to embrace that, you know. Yeah sometimes when you think just a little something is 
it takes you know a lot of little something equals a big something so mm-hmm. but we i don't our culture we really want the we want it now and we want it fast and big and you know most things worth anything take time in that little by little progress so and that was gk chesterton had a quote that said anything um you want to do 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 it poorly be prepared to do it poorly because, and that's like a third grader. They don't want to read slowly. They want to read fast. Yes. They don't want to do it poorly first. But I mean, no one is um, uh, like any kind of athlete or any kind of thing. It took time yes. to develop those skills and to do it. I mean, I guess uh, Thomas Edison said it well, you know, I haven't failed. I found a thousand ways that didn't work. Oh, yes. Said, well, that's a good way to look at it. That's you know? a fabulous mindset. So, and um, there is, I wanted to say there's a book for young children and it's, um, and it's inspired by Tolstoy and it's called Three Questions and it's a picture book and it is beautifully done. Really? Let uh, me write that yes. down. Three questions. Yeah. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Three questions. The guy that did it is John something, but I, I will try to send you a picture, but it's, uh, and the boy is asking questions, just like um, Tolstoy did in Anna Karenna. What's the most important time? What's the most important person? And what's the most important, uh, I can't remember, thing to do maybe, but it's, and, and he weaves that story. Uh, there's a panda in it, so little kids would like it, and the characters and in there there's a little play on words with the pets that that the boy has because um you can tell that it's it's very cleverly done and it's inspired by Tolstoy so I thought that was cool that is cool I'm glad you mentioned that I hadn't heard of that I will send you a a picture I I will post a picture of that on the um, Facebook how about that okay sounds good yeah and And that's a wrap That is a wrap on Anna Karina. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. Enjoy it. Go out there and read some books, guys. And girls. (laughs) 